This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. This is The Citadel Cafe, episode number 457 for Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. My name is Joel Duggan, and The Citadel Cafe is where my friends and I hang out to talk about the geeky stuff that we're into. Joining me this week, Stephen ESC is back. You can find him at Stephen ESC on all the social media that matters, including Twitch. Welcome back, my friend. We're a week early. Hello, indeed. That's, I'm all right with that. <laughs> As per usual, we're planning some December episodes where I'm going to gather uh, a crew of the folks that are on the show on a regular basis throughout the year and try to have like a round table uh, as we normally do and record that ahead of time so that I can take a week off uh, during the holidays. Usually it's the week of Christmas and between right. Christmas and New Year's. And uh, so I'll be reaching out to different people and getting different schedules and coming back. And so normally um, Stephen records the first week of the month and we're just pushing it a week early because hopefully you'll be back on the round table a little bit later in December when we have a chance to organize. And I know that everybody's got families and holiday plans and stuff like that. So we'll have to figure out what's going on and uh, we'll, we'll let everybody know for folks that are in my discord, you will find out first. And then I will also um, see if I can remember to tweet about it from the Sizzle Cafe or my own personal Twitter account, which I don't plug often enough on the show. It's Joel Duggan. <laughs> Surprise! <It's>, I mean, <laughs> it's, I, I'm pretty easy to find. <laughs> anyway, but uh, so that, that's all coming down. Uh, that's going to be the same thing for anybody that is listening to this and is uh, maybe behind on the Spawn Chunks. We do the same thing. So on the Spawn Chunks, we will record four episodes in December, but two of them will be recorded quite far ahead of time. They will be recorded live usually um, on an off day. So it's kind of fun because it gives the people that are like not available on a Monday morning to take in like a Wednesday evening live show for the Sponchungs uh, and, and allows us to still have those episodes out and gives um, both Johnny and I the chance to have a couple weeks off over, over Christmas mm -hmm. break. So folks can stay tuned for that. In the meantime, though, Stephen, what is something that you've been up to in the last little while that rings the nerd chime? Uh, I actually forgot to tell you we chat often enough at the gym but i did forget to tell you this we we bought a new tv yesterday oh <laughs> yeah that that's news <laughs> that it is, is news <laughs> yeah it's um it, it's not not huge physically huge but it's uh our previous one was a 37 inch yeah. lg we probably had it for she's i don't know i want to say close to 10 years honestly it's hard to complain about it because it lasted so long but just near the end it was doing this weird thing where you'd hear this little like a little spark sound, even though it wasn't a physical spark, like this, the speaker would make this little popping spark sound. Then the screen would go black and we would just have to wait for like 20 seconds to re for it to reboot. And then I'm, I've been wanting to get a new one for a while and, you know, Black Friday sales came uh, and yes. I thought, you know what, let's just do it. So we, we've got a 43 inch Samsung now. It's uh, we got it at Costco for uh, on sale and then put the extended warranty on it. So it's a uh, a little bit bigger it's noticeably bigger it's not huge originally i wanted to do a 50 inch but it's um the cabinet that it sits on the the, the feet at the bottom are too wide apart so it would have right fallen off the sides unfortunately so i was uh, i was a little bummed about that but then you know the 43 
I went into the store and I looked at it and thought, you know what, that's actually still pretty good. So it's the uh, the Samsung 43-inch TU7000 series. So it's a 4K TV. Nice. I'm glad you it's, went 4K. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. So it's it's definitely a step up. We haven't had a chance to to do Mario Kart on it yet, but that's that's the next big test. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Switch is not a 4K system. No, it's a, I, I did I did fire it up and it looks pretty darn good. The colors just they really pop, and I, I was I was giddy. You know, I brought I brought Mario the the uh, what do you call it the splash screen for Mario Kart up, and it <laughs> it was pretty. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, look, they're they're a lot brighter. Uh, and I think that the the newer um, it's not even LCD it's usually LED or yeah. QLED panels in the new TVs and Samsung make good TVs anyway um, from, from what I've yeah, heard yeah it's got like a nineteen thousand four point five star rating with nine almost nineteen thousand reviews I'm like you know what yeah I'm gonna kind of go with <laughs> that's great man I know that you guys yeah. don't often get new stuff like that for the family so that's fantastic and fun fact at four K if you're doing four player Mario Kart you're each going to have a 1080p quadrant. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> right? That's right. <laughs> I'm okay, now even I'm even more excited now. So, so it will be full res in in a sense. <laughs> when you're yeah. only only looking at your part of the screen. Uh, but that's, that's really cool. That's really really cool. Yeah. I find the problem that I had with the old 37-inch TV that I had on Loner was it only had two HDMI ports. So when I wanted to switch from like my old Xbox to my Blu-ray player, while also having an external like Apple TV hooked up to it. Like I had to switch the actual cables, but yeah. on my new TV, I've got four and I only have oh, three nice. inputs. So because I don't need, I don't need the set top box anymore because it's a smart TV. So did you get, was your LG a smart TV as well? Not, no, it wasn't. It had a, uh, it had three HDMIs in. Um, and it was just, it was basically just a mo- the, the equivalent of a monitor. It showed whatever the input was. Right. And so, so this, the new one, unfortunately only ha- it only does have two HDMI, but we, Oh. We basically use it with the Apple TV and the Switch. On a rare occasion, we want to use the the Blu-ray player. That was the third one in the previous TV. Mm-hmm. So we're just we're gonna have to plug and play it. I think we've watched one DVD. I don't know in the last three months. It's like it's it's yeah. a rare rare thing. So that's it's the tiniest of inconveniences. So it's yeah. I don't watch that's... Blu-rays anymore either uh, because most of what I would wanted to watch on like Disney Plus, I would have on Blu-ray. I'd want to watch streaming in 4K anyway. Uh, yeah, which exactly. reminds me, if your if your set top box and your in your switch are not 4K, if it is a smart TV, then go and watch your Netflix shows or go and watch your uh, your right. Apple TV Plus through the smart app on the Samsung TV because those will be 4K, uh, or you'll right. be able to get 4K that way. But it won't be coming in through 4K. So I use my Xbox as like the main hub. So I watch Netflix through it. I watch Amazon Prime. I do all that stuff through my Xbox unless. For whatever reason, the Xbox app is not up to snuff and I'm getting some sort of lag, at which Mm. point I've had better luck going through my TV smart, like my smart TV. But then like over the year or year year and a half that I've had the Xbox, I found several of the apps have been updated. Like there's a new Prime app for Xbox now, right around the time that the Rings of Power came out and it was beautiful watching on that right so it's like okay well they've they've obviously paid attention to what devices were lacking you know in their Mm -hmm. uh in their updates and stuff like that in terms of apps and plus like i'm sure that they've got data on how many people are watching via a smart tv an xbox Uh, i don't know whether the nintendo switch has got apps like that or whether it's a game console only but um 
those yeah, those kind of things yeah. yeah they would have they would have data on that so but yes make sure that you uh, because unless you have a 4k apple tv then you're not going to be getting 4k on the things that provide it like apple tv plus and yeah. um and uh disney plus because we've got you know mandalorian you know i've been bugging you to watch andor i know i know, I know. <laughs> these are things that you want to watch in 4k for sure True. uh because yeah. disney plus is another thing and you and i are big marvel fans and if you ever get that itch to like just throw in one of your favorite captain america movies i mean it shows how old i am throw in turn on stream <laughs> Re rewind it first cue up then... <laughs> yeah be kind rewind um exactly Honestly, you know what, though? Sometimes that actually applies because there have been times on Netflix where I stop the show before it queues up the next show. But what I've done is I've stopped it before Netflix has realized I've finished watching the episode. And the next time oh. I load up the episode, it's like, would you like to continue episode seven? It's like, no, I've got four and a half minutes left of credits. I don't want to continue episode seven. I want to right. watch episode eight. Uh, but so so technically, I didn't rewind. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's... Uh, that's a blast from the past. Be kind, rewind. My gosh, uh, I we I rented. Me and Chad used to rent movies all the time. That and, and like another buddy of mine from high school. That's what we did before we had our driver's licenses. Like that's what we would do. We would get our parents to like quickly drive us down to the to the movie store on like a Friday or Saturday, and we'd rent a couple of films and come home and watch them. And that would be the Friday Saturday night sort of deal. Blockbuster for the win. I meant to mention this last week, uh, but I have finished the Razor Crest, which is the Lego set that I've been building on my Friday Lego Let's Chat. Ooh, nice. Yeah. And those, so this is not, I want to be clear because I had somebody ask this on the, on the stream live when they came in late. This was set 75292, not the new $700 US, UCS <laughs> uh, Mandalorian Razor Crest that they put out like a couple of weeks ago that we talked about on this show. This is, this is the play set. And uh, it was a gift. It was it was donated by by Cosmic Dancer to the channel uh, as a, I want to see you make this. Uh, so a big shout out and thanks to Cosmic, which I did on this stream as well. Um, three part stream. They're all available on Joel Duggan VODs on YouTube. Uh, it is complete. And it's a, there's a couple of things. I remember the last time you and I talked about Lego. I think you're talking about the Vespa and yeah. how as lovely as it is, there was a couple of connections. We're just like, mm, I don't know about this. It's not the sturdiest thing or, or it didn't really feel the greatest. And there was a couple of things with this that I thought were a little bit strange too. While it was cool to put it together with the Technic pieces and as it's a bigger, a bigger ship, it's not just a little fighter. It's technically actually a dreadnought is the name of the, the ship, the kind of ship that the, the Razor Crest is. Um, but it is um, quite large. It's um, five and a half inches by 15 inches by 11 inches. And so there's a lot of Technic pieces that went into it to kind of support it. Because in the middle, it's kind of like a big old box, right? Right. So um, once I finished all that and I started to put all the plates on the outside, it really started to come together. But true to a lot of the Lego play sets, which is what the scale, I guess, would be called, the bottom of it is just nothing but empty plates. Like it's just the bottom of Lego. And they have landing gear, which was nothing more than just like a couple of like ski pieces kind of put on the bottom. Oh, and weird. yeah, because the landing gear on the on the UCS version is much larger. They're like legs and they have joints and they've got feet and all this kind of stuff. And these are just like these little skis. And the the middle skis, the the, the it's a tripod. So there's one at the front and two at the back. But the two at the back are not at the balance point. 
So after I put these rockable skis on, every time I tried to push something into the top of the build, the whole thing just tilted and it was driving me nuts. Mm. So I had to like, uh, rather than change the bottom, I just kind of put one hand on it and used the other to secure the pieces. But like, there's little things like that with like, well, that's not the best, um, but it looks cool from afar. I really like the way that they did the engines in it. Uh, and it all kind of came together uh, quite quite quickly i would say i did about two bags every stream there was about six bags in total but it was one of those sets and i know that you've experienced this where there was like two mm -hmm. bag fours and there was two bag sixes yeah because like there was either a lot of little pieces or there was like a specialty piece or something that they need to bring in from another kit but anyway so that's that's what i was doing on on my last friday and so that leads nice. into this friday which is going to be the first lego let's chat of december and the last set that I currently have in stock, uh, I've built all of the current Lego that I own with the exception of this one last kit. Now, this kit is probably going to take me well into the new year because I'm sure I will take some time off over the holidays. Uh, I will be starting the DeLorean, the time machine from Back to oh. the Future. Oh, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, also a gift from Cosmic Dancer. Uh, because... I don't know that I knew you got it. I oh, really? Remember... You didn't know that? That's cool. Awesome. So I couldn't get it for the longest time. I, I, I tried yeah. to get it around my birthday. And what I ended up buying instead, because the DeLorean was sold out, was Optimus Prime. Right. I knew that. So, but no, this is this is the, the DeLorean proper. And uh, oh, nice. yeah, I think this is one of those kits I might splurge after Christmas and get the LED kit for it. Uh, because it just looks oh. so cool with like headlights and the rear lights and the... Um, the track lights on it like because yeah. at some point in the set you can do back to the future one two or three you can model the delorean as how it looked in either one of those movies and i really i've always liked the flying version from the back to the future two so i'll be i'll be doing that i think as as the kind of main display i'd like to try and get into or find some sort of like clear resin display that you could like clip these things to because rather than having like a star wars ship where the delorean sitting on a shelf it would be yeah. cool to have it like floating above the shelf with some sort of like clear acetate stand that you can't really see, you know? Yeah, I was just about to ask if the set came with that, but you, no, you answered it. No, it, they never do. They never do. You can, it's there's instructions online and you can buy them for like 10 or $12 a piece on Amazon. And all they are is just a clear plastic stand with like a Lego brick kind of like at the top of them. And some of them look good. Some of them don't look good. Uh, I kind of want it to be made out of Lego. But at the same time, when you do that, you're going to be able to see all the connections between the clear pieces. Whereas if you just get a, a molded stand or like a 3D printed stand, then you're not going to be able to see the seams very much. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see what I come up right. with in terms of the display. But the other thing is that the DeLorean is not a small thing either. So whatever stand you put it on has to be pretty sturdy because it's a it's another build that's about 15 inches long. I think it's a, it's a large large kit it's 1800 pieces so that's going to take me a really long time the razor crest was a thousand and that took me three weeks three streams i would imagine that the delorean is probably going to take me twice that you know given that it's going to take yeah. me a long time to null out the pieces and all that kind of stuff and i want to kind of savor it and enjoy it and all that kind of stuff so what's your biggest set in terms of pieces i want to say it's this one this one cool uh yeah optimus prime would be close he was like 16 or 1500 pieces yeah i think that's what my scooter is around 1600 if i remember correctly yeah optimus prime i think was the biggest set that i've put together i think prior to that the biggest set that i had 
was excluding the Razor Crest this past week was the Shuttle Tiderium. That was 900 something pieces because it's almost a thousand. And that was by far the biggest thing that I put together. That also had a lot of really cool technical stuff in the middle of it because the the shuttle, the the Imperial shuttle, like the wings have to fold up, you know, when it takes off and oh, lands right. and stuff like that. So yeah. there's this really cool kind of like technic mechanism that had to be built before you did any of the fancy outside cool looking stuff. But, but anyway, yeah, that's my that's my Lego news and my Lego week. So this Friday, December 2nd, I think, yeah, is when I'm going to be starting the DeLorean and that'll be live on, on twitch.tv slash Joel Duggan. Well, speaking of Lego, I actually, uh, I broke out the used Lego Mini Cooper that I bought ages ago. It was um, something that I had picked up on Bricklink because it's no longer in um, circulation or maybe that's not the right word, but it's it's no, no longer being sold. So I had to get it secondhand. Um, the VW van that I did a little while ago, I was able to get that as a sealed box, which nice. is if that was no longer in circulation either, but I got it essentially new. This was the first one that I got that was had been put together, then taken apart, and then shipped off to me. So it was uh, uh, very excited to get it. I've always loved the Mini Coopers, um, but it, unfortunately, it's it, it had nine missing pieces. Like I've oh man, yeah. Part part of me was like, well, well, when we when there was one missing piece, I thought, all right, well, this that's a drag, but we'll keep going. And then we'll see if maybe it's got tucked away into like maybe we 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 were sorting them by colors. My my sons helped me basically sort all the pieces into little individual containers for when I do stream it. Um, but we had the light grays and dark grays together, so I thought, well, maybe I had mixed some pieces together and this and that. But and then when we checked again, we hadn't. So then one son helped me sort, and the other one went through all of our old Lego pieces to kind of try to find ways to like basically make up for the lost pieces. But we we were only able to get seven of the nine. So I. I it was a while ago that I bought it and I haven't left a review yet, but I feel like I, I feel like I should. That's if there was one piece missing, I would have gone, ah, oh, that sucks, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold it against them. But it was, you know, yeah. probably close to a $200 set when all was said and done and nine missing pieces. And, and some of them are specific color. Like I don't, it's a, the dark green. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cooper. So I don't know that that dark green exists for me to be able to order them. It might because it's been a while those dark green pieces might have been used in other sets i would even email True. the person that you bought it from and say look i am missing nine pieces or i was missing nine i happen to have seven of those but i still have these two missing pieces you find them can you send them to me i would assume that would happen with no charge <laughs> like they should yeah. be able to do that and it wouldn't cost a lot like sending two lego pieces in the mail that would fit in an envelope like that, yeah. that wouldn't be terribly difficult to do. No, and and they're they're relatively small pieces, thankfully. But I'm just yeah. I'm just I'm kicking myself for not having sorted them soon. You know, lesson learned. Yeah. Next time, if I get one that's not a complete set in a sealed box, sort it right right away. Even if I'm not going to build it, just open it up, sort it through, and and we went through the color. And you know, it's 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 not something that we missed. Like my son counted them, mm-hmm. I counted them, we looked at them together. We put them off to the side. Like every time there was one missing, we put those those pieces off to the side, and then went through all of them again. So it's 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 a drag. Like I'm almost 100 percent confident that we, well, we didn't miss nine pieces. That's for sure. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's. I mean, anyway, that's too I'm... bad. And I I didn't realize you hadn't built it yet because yeah. I went looking for the stream just to kind of get you know a quick glimpse before the show. But uh, you've just you've just sorted and counted the pieces, but you haven't actually done it yet. So. 
Uh, I mean, exactly. folks can like, you know, keep an eye on your on your Twitter account or on your Twitch account, uh, Stephen ESC with a PH um, yeah. for when that happens, because uh, because I, I know that there's a number of people from this community that watch me do Lego and they might not know that you also do Lego live on stream as well. So nice. it's always a it's always a chill time. Yeah, I like what you do with the instructions. I like that you've got the instructions like up on screen as well. I'm always struggling as yeah, I do as I do these big books. Uh, these big sets they come with like magazine size instructions and so I'm trying to like figure out where I'm putting this 15 inch long razor crest and this book that's almost as big you know while I'm trying to build things and it becomes yeah. a little bit a little bit tricky um, I could I mean I could also change the camera angle and stuff like that but like uh, I'm right now everything's working and comfortable so I'm like I'm not rocking the boat <laughs> no. uh, why rock the boat right yeah exactly my Lego Let's Chat has become a favorite thing that I do on Friday because I go into the weekend thinking about playing Minecraft and sometimes Friday sneaks up on me and I might not have a Minecraft plan. But then I realize right. at the last minute, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm not streaming Minecraft today. I'm building Lego. And there's just something about the vibe of the of the Lego stream. I don't have to talk as much. And it's easier to kind of like, for whatever reason, it's easier just to have music playing and sort of Lego pieces and really not say much for a couple of minutes. Mm. Or if you're looking at the instructions and trying to figure out what's happening next, you don't have to like always talk through it. Whereas in Minecraft, I'm always talking about what I'm doing. Like I'm articulating my thought process, my artistic, like why am I choosing this block and what am I trying to do with the shape and all that kind of stuff. I can talk for hours about that kind of stuff. But then the moment in Minecraft I go to texture something, I like shut right down and I have to like, you know, when I'm putting cracks in pavement or something like that, I completely oh, yeah. forget to talk. And I find that Lego is the same thing. I get into sorting the Lego and I get really quiet. But then when I get into building the Lego, I can start to just like talk a little bit more. It's a strange thing that like sometimes your brain can do two things at once. And sometimes it's just like, nope, <laughs> this is the one thing. <laughs> this is the one thing. It's funny. I should I should take a a little bit of a lesson from that because I don't always allow myself just pockets of time not talking with the music playing and I feel like I've got to narrate everything so I go uh the next step we need this piece I've, and even though I may not know all the official names for them I've got like and this is the one by two lightning bolt and this is the little mm -hmm. robot hand and so I almost narrate the entire thing and and it can make it feel a little bit exhausting so I, I enjoy the lego streams but sometimes it feels like it's as much energy as a minecraft stream so maybe I'll to take a cue from you and just so just relax a bit more i started to relax a little bit more about it when i was watching i want to say it was a cub fan 135 is a member of hermitcraft that i watched stream from time to time and i remember turning into one of their streams and they were doing some speed running mm. and they were talking a bit but then they were also being quite silent a bit and they they also i also tuned in some other streams and i just realized that even though i was aware that cub wasn't talking i wasn't bored like i he he was doing something quite engaging. And when that's, right. when you, when you choose those moments, you know, to, to back off a bit, it can be, it can be helpful with a Minecraft stream. I, Lego stream. I don't know how engaging it is when I'm just laying out pieces. So like there's, it's kind of a, a catch 22, but then at the same time, I don't necessarily find that the people that are here to watch the Lego streams are there to just watch the Lego streams. It's usually on, while people do something else like people always come into my right. chat and they're just kind of like hey i'm here working or hey i'm making dinner or like i've got one eyeball in or I'm, I'm listening only and i'm looking over whenever i get a chance but i've got this other thing that i'm doing and and i think that that's um 
that's kind of good because that's kind of what I want. I, I don't want people to sit there and be like, well, this is not as entertaining if I just sit and watch it. And it's like, well, no, <laughs> it's not really supposed to be. It's it's meant to be kind of like a second screen stream. Right. And we had um, we I've talked to some people over over the course of uh, the year, different streamers. And a lot of times they'll say like their goal is to be that second stream window, right? That second monitor stream is because it means that people stick around longer. Right. They can just they can continue. They can continue to watch while they do other stuff. And it means right. that you're, you've got like a, a larger captive audience. So I was like, I was like, I'd never thought about it that way because everybody kind of looks at streaming like, you know, you want to be popular, quote unquote. Um, but it's not you don't always have to have a ton of engagement. It's great to have a lot of eyeballs, but you don't have to have all 70 people chatting because sometimes I find that overwhelming when everybody's asking questions all the time. But anyway, yeah. So we can move on into what we have been watching. Both Stephen and I have been continuing to watch The Peripheral, as well as a, a new show that we both picked up over the course of the last month. It's called Half Bad, The Bastard Son of the Devil Himself. That's on Netflix, season one. Uh, I am not finished either season. I don't know if The Peripheral is even finished yet. No, uh, last episode's out this Friday. Right. So I am currently one episode behind on both of those, but I'm pretty mm. caught up. I'm not like eons behind. Uh, I've got one last episode <laughs> of of Bastard Son, and I've got another. I've got last Friday's episode of uh, the Peripheral to to watch. Uh, where do you Where do you want to start? Where do you want to start uh, this week? Part of me wants to talk about the Bastard Son because it's it's a, sort of surprised me. It just it had a cool, I guess thumbnail in netflix and just an odd name and i'm like oh the bastard son and the devil himself that's that's weird that's interesting and well i wanted to watch it my wife started watching it and then you started watching it and i said and you mentioned it, i said oh is it good And you're like yeah it is and so it's it caught me by surprise like i don't know that i expected to like it as much as i did so have you finished it you finished the first season i did yeah okay i don't care about spoilers so if there is something you need to talk about it, you know, in terms of spoiling the finale, then then go for it. But we'll warn people now that we'll be talking about the the full season and stuff uh, along the way. So if you haven't seen it and you think it might be something just kind of a heads up with spoiler warning. Yeah. So here's my beef with it is that I did like it when it started and it very quickly turned into what I call like the CW show. Like it it still has some it's not made in America. Like it still has like a European television series kind of feel to it. And there's a lot of violence and the witchcraft stuff. And the world building is what kept me going mm -hmm. though. The unique kind of way that they set up witches in the show, which I don't know if we've mentioned, that's what it's about. It's about witches and witchcraft. Yes. And I found that as the season went on, there was a lot of stuff that had me rolling my eyes. And that's why I'm so far behind. Like I had to watch, an episode yesterday and an episode today to kind of try to get caught up to you. And even though it wasn't successful, um, I was, I was forcing myself to sit down and watch it. Now I wasn't yeah. hating every minute of it, but there was definitely, definitely moments when it was like, Oh gosh, pause. And then, and then I was like a half an hour going back to it because I was like, I don't <laughs> like, I just, once it mm. stopped, I just have no motivation to keep going. You know, like yeah. I, I don't find it. It's all that despite, it's really strange. Despite how inventive the world is, I don't find that the dialogue and the the way things are going is that inventive it all just seems to feel feel like teenagers make stupid decisions continue <laughs> <laughs> they're teenagers <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're I, teen I get that i get that yeah. and my, my biggest beef is that 
every single decision that they have made has been stupid. And the only ones that they've made that are relatively smart have been guided by an adult, <laughs> which yeah. I, like I get, I don't, I'm not a father of teenagers, but surely they come across as fairly smart the rest of the time. And yet they just, they haven't learned a damn thing. Um, yeah. and, and all of these decisions are like life and death stuff. Like if you make a wrong call, someone dies and like they do it once and then they make the wrong call again. And you're just like, seriously, did you not, you not thought this through? So, so yeah, now that's, that's just, that's a, and that could be the target audience beef. You know what I mean? Like that could be just like yeah, they're aiming it at young viewers and it's meant for like the supernatural Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like that kind of vibe. Um, Which but, I love. One of my favorite shows. Yeah. So Well, then there you go. So, so yeah. uh, on, take that with a grain of salt. It might just not be for me, yeah. right? Like it might still be uh, on par with that stuff. I mean, you and I talked about this part where, well, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll get into a little bit, you know, some spoilers, mm-hmm. obviously, but the main character, Nathan... Okay, I guess to go to give you the, like, way, way back, there are fairborn witches, there are blood witches. The fairborn witches have deemed themselves the good and correct witches. Blood witches, bad. <laughs> and so Nathan um, is the bastard son of essentially the most dangerous witch in the world. Like, think Voldemort had a son, and this is Nathan. I mean, we don't actually, we don't actually get to meet um his father for the longest time but you know there you go this is this is this is how he's introduced into the world this is how everyone in the witch community knows him and he's treated horribly like horribly his entire life so when he just sort of acts out and does things that just aren't really to everyone's liking later on you know i cut him some slack but the thing that i like about the show that they do, they do kind of make it quite obvious, but I think it's, you know, worth pointing out is that um, they're trying to figure out whether Nathan is going to be a blood witch or a fairborn witch because right. his mother is fairborn uh, and his father is, is a blood witch. And apparently you're never both like there's no mixing like you just you you either mm-hmm. end up being one or the other. You find out on your 17th birthday. Uh and the plot for the whole thing is that you need the blood of your family. You need to drink it on your 17th birthday. And then you find out what your power is. So you don't know what your power is going to be. And witches in this way, it's kind of like X-Men in that it's not that every witch can do everything. It's like if you are an alchemist or if you are an arborist or right. if you are, you know, you can talk to animals or maybe you've got ice powers or like whatever, like you can basically like, figure out all these different things that they do and it makes every witch unique and so not only is is nathan um half blood witch and half fairborn his parents are also mixed races you know his his dad is uh, black and his mother is white and i think that the way that they portray the way that the fairborn witches and the blood witches feud and that history is very similar to most racial struggles that you see in the com in the world today um the blood witches actually when i when you get to meet them later on in the show in a normal context that's not the fairborn version of a blood witch when it's real blood witches that you're actually seeing uh eastern european 
would be the impression that I get. I mean, they're made up. Like they're mm. they're just kind of that's just the the version you kind of see. And you, if you're going to compare it to anything that you know from pop culture, uh, that's what you get. But that's not the version of the Blood Witches that to that point you've heard because the version you've heard has been from the point of view or from the propaganda of yeah. the Fairborn Witches. And the Fairborn Witches, like you said, John Air quotes, good and Blood Witches bad. It becomes a lot of gray later on. If anything, I would say oh, yeah. the Fairborn Witches are not good or at least the council is not good. Exactly. And I find that the more it, it's, it's, you know, typical with, you know, corrupt religion and all that stuff. It's like, you get to the point with the powers that be being so holier than thou that they want to keep the status quo that keeps them in charge. And so then, you know, the corruption comes along with that. So it is, yeah, agreed. All kinds of gray back and forth on both sides. So the things that kind of pulled me out of it as I was going along, uh, Jessica, Nathan's sister is mm -hmm. a fucking sociopath. And yeah, I mean like on one hand, well done show because you despise her and it's just yeah it's I, I understand that's what it's meant to do like you're supposed to be angry uh at her all the time and they don't give her any growth or room so there's no soft no. side to her whatsoever so you can't i you can't even you don't want to necessarily have your viewers identify with but you don't even pity her at all like she's just mean all the time so you yeah. really don't care uh, I want yeah, I one no sorry what that one note character that you often talk yeah about. it's just yeah the same all the way through yeah the one note thing is is a problem uh, but the other thing that drive drove me nuts is a lot of stuff happens with her where the script just says so uh, I can't remember his name I think his name is Soul um, Paul Riddy is the actor he's the the lead of the security council uh, the security yes. force um, Annalise's father and. He appoints Jessica as like, you're now the captain of this, you know, um, outing this, this platoon of, of security that's out in the middle of France somewhere after being a, like a, she's a rookie. She's a new recruit as of like two weeks ago. And, and he just puts her in charge just because the script says so when we have to keep the focus on all the 17 year olds in the show. And I found that mm. a real hard pill to swallow. I get that she has to be there. I get she's going to be a force to reckon with because she's just evil but I don't think she needs to be in charge. And that to me is just like, even like the other characters in the show, the other adult witches that are like the right hand man uh, or, or men of this um, soul guy are looking at him and they say the exact same thing that you, the viewer are saying like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what, yeah. what are you doing? And it, it that to me really pulled me out of it. And, but the thing is like, her antics, like not even the adults pick up on it. So she's doing all this stuff. You, the audience are aware of it. And you just get so frustrated that no one in this show is smart enough to figure out what she's doing. And I understand that she's got a really unique power where she can morph into anybody. She's essentially like, again, going back to X-Men, she's a mystique, right? Like she can She's a mimic. She right. can put on the voice, put on the looks like she just morphs and turns into this other character uh, in the show and can say and do whatever she wants until I'm assuming eventually she'll get caught in a corner where she's lied or she's done something and the, the real person like catches her on it. But to this point, not even the adults have caught her on it. 
And yet the adults are supposed to be these really conniving, really clever puppeteers of this Fairborn Council slash Blood Witch kind of like long-term feud that's been going on. So I like I don't buy that no one has noticed. And so that's that's the one thing that on like out of the main thread, that's one of the things that kind of pulled me out of it. Um, yeah. there's a bunch of other stuff, but like, it's, it's, it, it goes along the lines with more like, it's just not for me rather than it being a, a like a bad show. It's that there's a bunch of stuff that I'm having trouble with just because like, I, it's just not as interesting as I thought it was going to be at first. Are you, are you still like, did you, did you and, and Tam really enjoy it? Like, are you, are you guys excited for season two? I'm, I'm looking forward to season two. Um, my wife had to stop watching because of. You know, and again, spoiler alert, but Annalise's power, it's called... Uh, oh, yes. Is it dispersion or dissociation or something uh, like that? Oh, I and can't remember. It's like deconstruction it, or desolation. Yeah, the uh, it Also called the undoing. And basically, um, whatever she focuses her power on, like basically gets disassembled into the smallest pieces that it can be. So... Um, this might be a spoiler for you, but you don't care. But at one point, someone points a gun at Nathan. And this is when she's just starting to get control of her powers. And she just stares at the gun. Like, because like, that's her impulse is to try to stop it. And it just, it falls into all of the smallest possible bits a gun could be. Yes. And so if you think about this, she did that accidentally to a human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you got, you, you literally got an exploded view of a human in slow motion, like talking, like the skin just separated and the bones came out, they were all visible and then arteries and organs and stuff. And it wasn't even like when they're first showing it, it's not even a bloody thing. It just, it looks like it's an, an anatomy lesson because it's just a, like everything's slowly separating away from the center. And then, and then when she realizes what she's doing, then everything just falls to the ground. And then it's a horror show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's one of the things that I had trouble with is that I had to stop watching over dinner. Yeah. <laughs> it's if, if you're not squeamish, man, that part is cool. Like it's one of the issues I have when they do people do CGI or, or shows do CGI is just when things are too shiny, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it looks like CG, CGI, like, okay, even though you're in a dark room and there's not a lot of light, everything just has this sheen to it. But I thought the lighting they did on it was just, holy smokes, it looked like, I mean, it could have been that I was still watching it on my 720p te- television as well. But No, I agree. <laughs> it looked um, pretty darn impressive. Watching it in 4K at home, yeah, I agree. They they do a good job of making that stuff look real. And there's other parts in the in the show that they use CG, and there's other parts where they just use camera tricks to, to kind of insinuate what's going on. They do the, a lot of kind of stuff where it's like a small practical effect, and then they kind of like, they show you just enough of the visual, and then they pull away, and the rest of what they give you is sound. And you're just like, oh, man, I don't need... Yeah. Like, I, I saw the finger in the bowl. I don't need to hear what it sounds like when you put a, a yeah. finger in a mortar and pestle. Thanks very much. <laughs> like, but they're good enough at it. You're like, if I was to imagine what it would sound like, that's probably pretty good. Like, yep. it's just... It's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot in, in that way. And I think that's one of the things that I thought was interesting about uh, about the series and, and how they did try to differentiate it from a very well-known witches, you know, witches and wizards series, which is Harry Potter, like there's no yeah. one's waving wands around 
everything revol revolves around some sort of blood or animal or sacrifice or sometimes it's something innocent like plants that you're mashing up and lighting on fire into a potion and you're saying some words but then other, most of the time especially when you're dealing with the blood witches it usually involves eating something gross doing something yeah. gross squeezing something gross until gross things come out of it like it just it's it's not a pleasant show to watch if you're if you're squeamish i will i will give it that yeah and i'm not always a huge fan of it but we watch um most of the things we watch we we have the subtitles on for just because mm -hmm. not everybody hears the show the same way all the time and instead of having us go wait what did they say mm -hmm. and having to back it up all the time we just have the subtitles going and if you need to if you can ignore them and if you don't need them you ignore them if you need them they're there and so one of the most often sounds is just it'll say squelching noises and you go yep yeah i know what that sound is so the thing that i found i'm glad you brought up sound is that i've had to turn on subtitles for a couple of parts because there's parts where they're speaking in a foreign language and they either give you the subtitles or they don't and i really get frustrated when shows do this where it might be a situation where these people are speaking french and you're not supposed to know but then when they are speaking, when someone else is speaking French and you are supposed to know, they give you subtitles. And it's like, well, mm -hmm. be consistent. Like yeah. if, if that's the situation, then when someone is speaking and I'm supposed to know what's going on, then have them speak English. And then if it's going to be French and I need subtitles then do the subtitles, but don't half ass it, like don't go halfway or don't mix it up. I shouldn't say half ass it. Don't go, don't mix it up yeah. because then I'm sitting there going, are the subtitles not working or did I like, right, like, right. do I turn them on? Because when you turn them on, what you get is like the Netflix version of subtitles, which is they just brackets French. And it's like, well, <laughs> I know that much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like that, I found that tedious. And the other thing was, while I think that a, across the board, most of the acting is, is pretty good. Uh, specifically the main cast, um, Celia, I really yeah. like Karen Connell. She does a very good job. Um, and some that's a kind of a good example of a character that was one note at the beginning and became a lot more rounded as they went on. Yeah. Um, very cool. Character. Yes. Very cool character. Uh, but also um, because of the graphic nature of the show and the trauma that all the characters are going through, sometimes they're saying key lines to you through like heavy sobs or pain you know, like as they're having arrows ripped out of them or maybe they're puking and they're trying to talk at the mm. same time. And you're just kind of like, maybe not the best time to give key points of dialogue, <laughs> you know? It's funny. So I'm just... I probably missed those because I had the subtitles on. And yeah. So it was, it was not an issue for me. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I, I didn't... I, I missed them and I had to back up because I didn't have the subtitles on because I couldn't understand. And sometimes it's not just that. Sometimes it's also like the music mix, like the the... They, ha they usually have a very uncomfortable sort of like bass rumble or um, mm -hmm. like cello note or something that's kind of like a, a flat note in the background that's kind of just droning, a drone. It's like a drone soundtrack in the background. And if that's at the right resonance, I find it's very difficult to hear what people are saying, specifically men, because they have deeper voices and they're at the same sort of level. Um, so I found that difficult. But that that might be just me, like people watching on headphones might have a completely different experience and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, um, but yeah, I just, it's, it's worth checking out. I think if you're into this kind of show, like if you're into kind of the witch, the darker side of witches and yes. like devilly stuff. Um, and I like, I like the world building. It's pretty unique despite some of the pretty obvious, you know, connections with like 
you look at it and you think, okay, you think X-Men. It's hard not to think Harry Potter, but they do a pretty good job of being clear of that, I find. Yeah, another show that's not, you know, it's definitely young adult CW kind of show. It's, uh, what's the Winx? Oh, the Winx, the Winx, Chronicles? Winx Saga or something? Winx Saga, yeah. It's, uh, it, it feels like it's that, but like dialed up to 11 in terms of, it takes it takes the polish off of that show completely, um, yeah. It's it's and it gets it's it's far far grittier. It's almost like if because they have like one. I, I I guess I was equating it to that because they have sort of one power that they're good at. That that the Wings Chronicle kind of ties like every power is tied to an element. So it's not specifically elements per se, but you have one power and that's your your thing. And so that's the same way it is in Bastard Sun. No, I'm enjoying it. I still think it's uh. It's going to be on my watch list for when season two comes out. I'll finish the season. Like I'll watch, I mean, I've gone this far. I'll watch to see yeah. where it goes. And, and they may, they may take it in a, in a slightly different direction. Um, I did notice that they changed yeah. the title halfway through it. Now it was just called the bastard son and the devil himself at first. And now they've added half bad to the beginning oh. of it on Netflix. Like it's, it's it, the, the title is almost as convoluted as the show right now. <laughs> Although it's it's based on the novel Half Bad by Sally Green. I guess we should have said that at the beginning. Right. We, and so that makes sense. So it, yeah, it makes sense yeah. that, that they've done that. And I wonder if people were just like, this is just like the Half Bad books. How come the, you know, like it's not called Half Bad? And and that's a good title too, because like it makes yeah. it makes sense for the struggle that Nathan is going through as far as I've seen so far. Yeah, I think so. I, I've, I would have been perfectly fine if they had have kept it just that. I agree. Yeah. Although it, it, admittedly it was the title that was that kind of got me intrigued at first i'm like that's a really odd and unusual title and it kind of made me Mm -hmm. first interested in it before i spoke to you about it so the font that they chose for the title and you might have something to say about this as a designer i thought the font made it seem like it was going to be a lighter show i thought it was going to be more of a comedy because of like Um, the the helter skelter nature of the font it did like the the way that the show logo looks it doesn't strike me as like bloody gore serious horror show no it, it it made me think gritty, but the colors made me think that it wasn't going Fair, to be. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, the like colors the, the, pretty bright. It's sort of like this handwritten, scratchy looking. It's, it's not your standard like sans serif or serif typeface. So it's it's definitely has this edginess to it, but the colors didn't make me think it was going to be like this. No, exactly. Anyway, but. yeah, I'm enjoying it. Well, dialing it down a notch to TV 14 down from the the <laughs> bastard son uh i've been watching the new wednesday series on netflix which is uh, directed by tim burton uh it stars jenna ortega as wednesday emma myers as enid Sinclair, wednesday's roommate hunter duan as tyler galpin and jamie mcshane as sheriff galpin those are the two i guess well tyler galpin is kind of like We'll call it a love interest, but it's not. It's it's very difficult to call it that given the nature of the show. Gwendolyn Christie is in it, making her rounds in the Netflix shows. Uh, she's the principal of the boarding school where the Adams family send Wednesday, uh, and there's a bunch of other folks in it, including Christina Ricci, who plays Marilyn Thornhill, uh, one of the teachers at the school. And Christina Ricci, of course, is the actress that played Wednesday way back when the Adams family movies were coming out uh, with um, Christopher Lloyd and. A bunch of other folks uh, in those comedy films and this is much lighter it's just as spooky and dark uh it's it's very macabre as you would expect but there's insinuated gore and violence but only ever do you Hmm. see blood splatter on the wall 
right? Like you don't see anything that's going to make you kind of like lose your cookies, you know? Um, <laughs> it's, it's more of a comedy, but it's more of a dark comedy and it's light. It's very cartoonish. Like you have to remind yourself just how weird the Adams family movies and cartoons and the original show were like they're it's really kooky, funny stuff. And this has got more of a serious spin on it because there's the town of Jericho, which is where this school is located just outside of is a bunch of townies. They call them normies because they don't they're not weird people. They don't have powers. They're not a werewolf or a gorgon or you know a, a siren or whatever you know i'm not even sure what wednesday is like a, a witch or a, a clairvoyant or like she's just weird in a lot of ways um <laughs> and very very dark and uh again ortega just steals the show there are a number of actors in the periphery that are like that young kind of freshman kind of high school age actor and i don't necessarily want to lay it all at the feet of the acting but there's definitely some very cringy scenes with the dialogue just being like did you talk to any kids before you wrote the show i'm pretty sure people haven't talked like that since that like the 90s um really awkward exchanges and i understand that kids are awkward when they talk to one another but this strikes me as like the kind of things you'd hear from like a 10 year old not a 15 year old sometimes mm -hmm. and some of the stereotypes are just so cookie cutter and boring uh like there's a beekeeper kid and he's just like he you've seen him in every kind of pg family movie like spy kids or whatever not the actor but like you've seen this stereotype in all those movies and that's kind of right. where i go oh gosh wow am i still watching this show but because of the performances from ortega and because of the murder mysteries that's happening and that people are not safe like some of these main characters are dying and there's a monster on the loose that's killing them and wednesday is trying to figure out who this monster is and she's not doing it because she wants to stop it she's doing it because she just wants to be the one that figures it out right it's like <laughs> if the thing happens to eat someone she doesn't like all the better um the the series opens up with that's funny. yeah the reason why she got sent to boarding school was because the polo team was teasing her younger brother Pugsley and put him in a locker and beat him up. So she took piranhas and dumped them in the practice pool for the polo team and nearly killed a guy. <laughs> like it's just, yeah. and they don't show any gore, but they certainly show the pool of water turning red. And like, it's, it's definitely got its, its moments where you remember, oh yeah, this is the Adams family, but they do some really nice callbacks. There's excellent music throughout. And my favorite thing I think so far, I've watched four episodes, is the one-liners from Wednesday specifically, but she's usually set up by another major character, like her roommate or maybe the principal. Uh, sometimes the, the psychologist that she has to see, the court-appointed psychologist because of the piranha incident, she has to see a psychologist <laughs> once a week. Good. <laughs> I was just like, just gets a slap on their wrist sent to boarding school because of the piranhas and like really that's it yeah exactly well that was the thing like it was someone pulled some strings and got her got her off easy because she's also young but like one of the, like the captain of the water polo team lost a testicle that's apparent like that's a line of dialogue and she's like and she's concerned like he only lost one like i like are, are you concerned about what was the line it was something like you are going to be considered like it it's you have a charge of attempted murder she goes i know it's so embarrassing everyone will think i wouldn't it wasn't able to finish the job <laughs> like, you know? and and things like 
her roommate saying, oh, you know, you're you're such a, a, a stick in the mud. You should take a stab at being social. And there's this pensive pause. And then Wednesday goes, I do like stabbing. <laughs> and they're ju- they're just everywhere. But there's that delicate balance between all the time and too much. And they do it like maybe twice an episode to the point where you're looking for it and you're hoping for it, but you don't roll your eyes when it happens. And, and they're usually really clever, which I, I like as well. So like, it's got that going for it. And I do, I need to do a little bit more research about like who's writing it. Uh, Tim Burton has directed all the episodes so far. Um, right. The other archetype that is a stereotype, but something that Tim Burton does so well is the characters in Tim Burton movies that are straight laced and sweet, but like sickly sweet to the point where like, you don't like them. Uh, and the juxtaposition of that against like Wednesday, <laughs> you know, right. uh, the principal is all like dressed in white. It's, you know, I, I mean, she's, it's played by, or she's played by Gwendolyn Christie and it's all like political smiles and, um, politically correct language and all this kind of stuff. And everything about her is just like prim and proper and tied in a bow. And you're like, I don't know how to what interesting. Yeah, I don't know to what extent that she is the bad guy, but she's one of the bad guys in this because she's just, just too sweet and too like it's it's very very interesting to see the different archetypes. The same thing with um, Thornhill, the character that Christina Ricci plays, uh, very trusting and very looking out for the students and very cool with all the weird stuff because she understands that she's teaching at the weirdo school. But it's the kind of thing where like they hover on characters just long enough and they have that kind of like dead eye stare with the smile okay bye and they kind of leave the the room and you're like that was strange and it kind of sits with you funny <laughs> and i mean ortega nails it with all the wednesday stuff like everything she does from the top of her head to her toes is just creepy like even when she excuses herself to go to the washroom when she turns around to close the door she stares at you the whole time that she closes the door like it just it's you don't lose eye contact until the door passes in front of her face <laughs> it's like just right. yeah like it's just it's little moments like that that really help round out the character um the biggest beef i think i have with it is that wednesday is so good like that and a couple of the main characters around her like enid has got some layers um i think um hunter sorry uh, tyler galpin uh has got some layers but a lot of the other kids are really one note and they're really flat and Mm. it could just be i could just be the writing it could just be like they've only got so much screen time but other than that kind of contrast that contrast is really striking because ortega is so good as wednesday i've heard good things and i would say so far peak performance is episode four the raven dance and i'll leave it there i won't spoil it just if before you give up on the series if it's if you're not sure about it definitely go through the end of of episode four i think i think you will be happy (laughs) happy that you did uh because i I think it captures everything but but i i would say good and very safe like when i say tv 14 it's just because they talk about murder and they talk about stuff like that it's not really i wouldn't even call it that scary there's some jump scares but it's no scarier than any of the Adams family stuff that I've seen in the past. And my guys have seen like the Witcher and oh, Lord of the Rings yeah. and stuff like that. So I think they're, I think they're probably good. <laughs> it's got nothing on the Witcher. Definitely got nothing, nothing on the Witcher. 
Well, that moves into the Internet Minute, which is, of course, brought to you by you, dear listener. The Citadel Cafe is 100% listener supported. If you're getting value out of the show, please consider putting a little bit of value back in. You can become a member at patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. Joining at any level will get you an invite to the member-only Discord server, which is shared with my personal Discord server. And, of course, access to the Barista Cut bonus audio sessions. Special thanks go out to our Bean Counter patrons, Cosmic and Smurf588. Thanks very much for your support of this episode. We are at 27 patrons. That's steady on from last week. Our goal each episode is to have at least one more patron than the last show. If you would like to be patron number 28, visit patreon.com slash the Cafe. Stephen, what is your pick this week? Mine is um, it's called Stranger Things Puzzle Tales by uh, Next Games. It's a Netflix company. I used to play this game a while ago. It just became one of those things that I, I, I enjoy the show. And so when the game came out, I thought, yeah, I'll give it a go. It's And then it, it sort of has this bejewel, bejeweled feel to it where you just, you slide different. Um, in this case, it's D&D dice. So it's, uh, you know, the six-sided dice, ten-sided dice. Just That's the motif. And so when you slide a few of those together, then they kind of create this superpower instead of, disappearing and more than falling down they actually shoot up against baddies that have come through from the end from the upside down and it was just it was a it was an easy go-to game because it, it it actually it also builds where you have to go through chapters and chapters and they introduce harder and harder characters and harder and harder bad guys um so it's uh it, it was my go <laughs> sort of my go-to guilty pleasure before tiktok came around and then and that's when Next Games was on their own, and then Netflix bought them, and so then it was it was a bit of a drag because you made so much progress in the game. Netflix bought them, and then wanted to because they're sort of branching out and developing their own series of games, the same the same way as every company seems to be doing these days. And uh, they they wanted to move the game over to Netflix servers, so they had to shut it down, and then bring it over, and then fire it back up, basically. But they um, they basically claimed they didn't have a way to, to just take your account as is, let you start back off where you were. So it was, they, they did a full reset on the game, but be, before they did that, they, they basically allowed everyone to go in and, and, um, you have a game code or like a user code that you could kind of copy down and send into them with your email address and blah, blah, blah. blah. There was like some hoops you had to jump through, but then basically they gave you this this loot packet when you started back up in the game, if you jumped through all the hoops beforehand. And so they just like tons and tons of in-game currency, which just sort of brought me back up to, to where I was, which is nice. Um, but yeah, no, it's a fun little game. It's, there's no cost to play. There were, you could buy in, in-app currency with real currency beforehand, but I don't know if Netflix is planning on introducing it or not. So it is, as of right now, completely free to play. If you like the show, it's, um, no, it's a good little time waster, and uh, <laughs> it's it's easier on your battery than TikTok is. <laughs> nice. I love the artwork for it. Yeah, it's uh, you don't usually see this level of like classically illustrated comic book style stuff. You you usually get a lot of like chibi looking characters or cutesy looking characters or uh, stuff that's like top down or things that are so small on the phone screen, they don't really have any detail, but this is like just the heads of the main characters on the, on the RPG cards across the bottom where you're like leveling up your powers. But then when you do something, it's like a full, like knee to top of the head 
illustration of the character in like an action pose, you know, like um, Eleven with her nose bloody. And she obviously does some sort of like telepathy or uh, Lucas with a slingshot. And I don't uh, I don't see what what the other characters have, but like they were in and they're in different dresses too. Like, so it depends on what season they might be from. They're in different different getups. And uh, it, I yeah, I it's, it's, I mean, it's not necessarily my kind of game, but I can just respect the illustration and artwork and just overall fun vibe that it has it's very colorful compared to stranger things <laughs> yeah it's true that's true but it's like it, while i don't play D and I have played it but i don't play it on a regular basis the um like the, the way that you can actually get characters and then as you play the game you get there's in-game tasks you can complete which will then level up your character so you get what you start with one star characters and you can get two star characters and then if you get two two star characters of the same one or three of them then you can actually combine them to get a two and a half star character. And then you sort of like, you keep collecting different player or a different characters from the show and combining them. And then so you can build them up and eventually you can have this sort of set of like six star or ultra star characters, which are the most powerful ones to take on more and more powerful bad guys as you go through the game. So it's just, it's yeah, it's, it's like, it's one that I, I keep wanting to play, but it's also, you're not committed. So if you don't play it one day, I mean, they've got incentives to kind of like you've got daily tasks and weekly tasks and things like that. But if you miss a day, it's not like, oh, no, you, you've ruined the streak and you've ruined this in the game. It's just it's it's just nice. It's the it's just sit on the couch at the end of a busy day and just play it for 15 minutes or so. It's good. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Citadel Cafe. You can get more information about the show and some of the things that Stephen and I talked about at the com. Music for the show was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can email us at thecitalcafe at gmail.com or just find the show by name on Twitter. Subscribe for free on your favorite podcast app. You can even find the show on YouTube. Spreading the show around via word of mouth, however, is the easiest and best way to support the show. Just tell friends about the Citadel Cafe and where they can go to listen to it. My name is Joel Duggan. You can find everything I am doing online at joelduggan.com. Links to other things like my podcast about Minecraft with Johnny, the Spawn Chunks. That's over at thespawnchunks.com. Social media is all Joel Duggan and, of course, Joel Duggan on Twitch. This Friday on Twitch, I'll be streaming the Lego DeLorean set, the Back to the Future build, and uh, and streaming Minecraft on the weekend as well. Uh, Steven, where can people find you online? If you can find me anywhere, it's on Twitch. So twitch.tv slash stevenese. Again, Steven with a PH. Supposed to be doing a dragon fight tomorrow, but that may get pushed to Sunday. But then after that, I'll be putting the Lego Mini Cooper together. And I just about forgot, you and I have got uh, a Citadel server event this Friday night coming up. Yes. Organized by the one and only Cosmic Dancer. So that's happening at 7 o'clock Atlantic. So that's UTC minus 4 for people that are listening to this. Some people are streaming, some people are not. But you'll be able to figure out quite quickly uh, who you're going to watch. And we're doing... It's a mining event. It's a competition thing. It's all been organized. I've not been looking into it too much because I want to kind of go in blind and just kind of have some fun. But we'll be doing that. Same. Should be a good time. You've been listening to the Citadel Cafe where we are fast, easy, and cheap, but you can only pick two.